Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast Quarterback Pro Day Update and Off-Season News. <laughs> Man, I almost screwed that up and I'm on here by myself. All right, this is Hakun Wong. I'm the editor-in-chief of FootballGarbageTime.com. My usual co-host, Ryan Whitfield, is uh, on vacation, a well-deserved vacation. So he'll be back next week as we catch up on more off-season news. But this week, I wanted to give you a little bit of an update on some of the important developments in NFL off-season so far since our last podcast. And that will include lots of news and notes, little things that have happened in off-season so far, or free agency and so on. And, of course, an update of the top quarterback prospects and their individual pro day performances. As you know, Deshaun Watson had his pro day at Clemson, Mitchell Trubisky at North Carolina, and Deshaun Kaiser had his pro day at Notre Dame. So with all that ready to go, let's get it all teed up with some news. So there's lots to talk about coming into the offseason here, and a lot of it is noise. So we're going to try our best to get you a little bit uh, of an update on some of the things that we thought were kind of important. Uh, And we're going to start, and you're going to laugh, because you're going to say, how can this be important? But Dwayne Harris, the wide receiver for the Giants, he was a kick returner for the Giants last year. Uh, He was a wide receiver. He played some limited snaps. He actually was re-signed, or actually updated and restructured in his uh, contract. He took a little bit of a pay cut, reduced his uh, salary from $2.4 million to just $500,000. But he will have about $1.1 million guaranteed anyway, so don't cry for him. And we'll have another 600000 in incentives. It just demonstrates that it looks like the Giants have thrown their, uh, throw their hat down and said, okay, well, I guess we're going to continue using him on kick returns. Uh, so there's not much urgency now to go out and find out another dynamic receiver for that purpose. Interesting move, but probably a solid backup plan, if nothing else. Other things going on in the news include Christian Hackenberg making a little bit of noise. You know, as we all know, the Jets tied their uh, season to uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick last year for $12 million, and that didn't turn out so well. And they are now looking for the next quarterback to head up their team into what's looking like a lost season. Now, Christian Hackenberg was, as everyone thought, a big reach at number 51 overall in in the last NFL draft, and he's done nothing in his rookie career so far in practice or in the preseason to change the perception that he will, quote, never make it. But it looks like that ESPN New York expects that uh, he may get some starts in 2017, as Rich Semini says that it's going to be about finding out about Hackenberg. Now, I don't know what they can find out about Hackenberg, as they didn't even want to give him quality practice reps last year. So we'll see how that develops as we go on. Next up is Cam Newton. Now, this made a little bit of news because Cam Newton went ahead uh, with undergoing surgery, and now it's going to occur on March 30th for a torn rotator cuff. Now everyone knows that Newton has suffered the injury in week 14, but didn't really uh, didn't really take any time off from that, and they were hoping that some rest and rehab 
to get him back on track. Now, this would be in part responsible for kind of a down year for Cam Newton and his uh, Panthers, who had a serious Super Bowl hangover uh, this last season. Now, it turns out that uh, Newton will not be doing any throwing for three months and won't resume throwing with the team for four months. And that's right about the time where camp is going to start. But it wouldn't be a surprise if the Panthers played safe with him and keep him out and limited, or at least highly limited, in the preseason. But so far, it does not look like he's going to miss week one. Next up is running back prospect Christian McCaffrey out of Stanford. The Philadelphia Inquirer has noted that it's unlikely that the Eagles are going to use their first-round pick on a running back at all. And it seems that, of course, all the news and all the pundits have said that Leonard Fournette will be the first running back off the board and thus probably not available when the Eagles are up at pick number 14. Now, there's a lot of question marks about whether Christian McCaffrey will hold up in a NFL situation, but uh, he is probably the best equipped at this point, and he has uh, shown dynamic versatility while at Stanford. And, uh, of course, uh, he will be someone that everybody who has a need in the backfield uh, will be examining very closely coming into the NFL draft. Next up is Tim Hightower. Now, Tim Hightower was that guy in the Arizona Cardinals who made a lot of noise but then moved on to the Washington Redskins and in 2012, 13, and 14 sat out all three seasons because of a torn ACL and complications. But he did make a miraculous comeback and a really Cinderella return when he joined the Saint, uh, the New Orleans Saints and uh, became a very effective backfield running mate. Um, now he's turning 31 and he's now visiting the Redskins. He visited the Redskins uh, just on March uh, 22nd, and we'll see what comes of that. He hasn't seen a lot of action so far, but the Redskins have certainly used him as Rob Kelly or Fat Rob as he goes by. Did have a strong start of the season, but kind of fizzled down the stretch, and Matt Jones has struggled with ball security. So it could be a timeshare for Tim Hightower come next year. Next up is Kamar Aiken, of previously of the Baltimore Ravens, now signing with the Colts. And, in a, uh, and he signed on March 21st and had a conference call where he noted that general manager Chris Ballard had told him that he will get a fair shake for the Colts' number three receiver job. Now, right now, wide receiver Philip Dorsett, who was a former, former first-rounder of the Colts, was sitting at the number three spot. But really, the uh, current uh, management at, in, uh, in Indianapolis has nothing really in the uh, nothing in on Dorsett. They weren't there when he was drafted, and they really don't have anything vested in him. So uh, it wouldn't be surprising to see Aiken kind of take over. He did have a legitimate breakout year for the Ravens in 2015 before inexplicably being phased out in 2016. Next up is Delangelo Williams, and he's made a lot of noise, obviously, as a Steeler subbing in for Le'Veon Bell, but it looks like that the Steelers are not expected to resign. D'Angelo Williams at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette believes that this, quote, ship has sailed and that the, that the Steelers will look to the draft to get younger in the backfield, leaving D'Angelo Williams without a job. Of course, he was very effective in the times that he did take control, at least earlier in the season, and it wouldn't be surprising for him to get some looks at least after the draft and when training camp begins uh, for those who are 
running back needy in the NFL. Next up, we got news about Greg Hardy, Kellen Winslow, Brandon Browner, and Ben Tate, all kind of has-beens in the NFL, all of which will be participating in next month's three-week spring league. So for those of you who don't know what that is, it is starting this year and will be a venue for those who are new to the NFL and those who are old in the NFL to showcase their skill set. Now, they're not affiliated with the NFL, though they're hoping to be affiliated with the NFL in the future. Uh, but this year, they are going to be holding their league in Greenbrier in the West, in West Virginia from April 16th to April 26th. And reportedly, there will be four teams playing a total of six games. Now, Craig Hardy is particularly notable because he did have a dynamic first season with the Panthers until falling out of favor due to his off-field issues, in particular domestic violence issues. But he's just 28, and there's still probably a lot left in the tank if someone is willing to put up for some of the runnings he's had, and maybe he can show that he has something left on the field as well. We'll see. Next up is Mark Sanchez, <laughs> more famous for the butt fumble. Looks like free agent quarterback Mark Sanchez. It may be done backing up uh, backing up in the for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. He may be going to the Bears and backing up Mike Lennon. Does this matter to anybody? Probably not. But it's one of the few visits he's had so far this offseason. The Bears, on the other hand, did actually make a nice under-the-radar signing of Benny Cunningham, former running back of the Los Angeles Rams. They signed him to a one-year contract. And Benny Cunningham is one of those guys who was a significantly uh, useful change of pace back who was good at pass catching, good at pass protecting, and really decent in the backfield, but didn't get many opportunities behind Todd Gurley in Los Angeles. In fact, in 2016, he only got 37 touches before a neck injury sidelined him and sent him to the IR in mid-December. Now remember, Benny Cunningham did have a breakout year in 2014 for the Rams, with 246 rush yards, three touchdowns, and 352 receiving yards, and one touchdown with 963 kickoff return yards. So he could slot in as a useful kickoff returner for the Bears and also spell uh, Jordan Howard and maybe even challenge Jeremy Langford and Kadeem Perry for carries behind Jordan Howard next season. Next up, we got Victor Cruz, former Giant. Looks like the Giants aren't interested in re-signing him after releasing him, and he's generated very little interest since his visit with the Panthers back in February. It may be a waiting game for Victor Cruz, who's shown uh, a slowed speed over the last couple of years after coming back from injury, and it may be the end of the road for him, uh, which is unfortunate because he was on the upswing in New York for quite some time before the injuries, and it's, uh, it'd be a shame if he doesn't get another shot with another team. Next up is Latavius Murray. As you all know, Latavius Murray was signed by the Vikings to be there uh, running back to a three-year deal, pretty much closing the door on legendary Adrian Peterson coming back to the Vikings. Now, Murray has doubled ankle injuries in the second half of last season, and he didn't miss any time for that, but now he is going to undergo surgery, and he underwent surgery on March 22nd. Now, the Vikings were aware that surgery was needed before signing him, so this is, looks like a, a minor cleanup deal to remove bone chips and likely won't affect him for OTAs, and he's expected to be ready for training camp. Next up, Brock Streeter. 
Yeah, I know. We're hurting for news here because there's not much to say about Rod Streeter. He's had some good times over in uh, in Raiderland, but he is now looking at maybe joining the Vikings. It just demonstrates how much teams are in need of wide receivers on the market. He's looking at joining the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings are haven't scheduled a visit yet, but they're really considering him to replace Corderell Patterson. The Colts, the Seahawks, and the Browns and the 49ers are also in the mix for Rod Streeter's services. Again, demonstrating the demand, the high demand for wide receivers in the NFL. Next up is Josh Cribbs. Boy, oh boy. He was one of the best kick returners in the NFL. He has been out of the league since 2014, and he has officially retired retired as of March 22nd, 2017. It's a shame. He was, again, one of the greatest kick returners of all time, ranking third in yards of 11,113 and fifth in touchdowns of 11. He spent, obviously, his final two years with the Jets and the Colts, but he will officially retire with the Browns when he had made the Pro Bowl as a kick returner. Next up, we got Julio Jones. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution reports that uh, Jones, who's undergone foot surgery, is expected to be, quote, at full strength for the start of training camp. Now, that is actually better than the initial timeline, which had him questionable for the start of camp. He is now looking like he's going to be available for camp, but it's really going to be uh, not much for him. I suspect he'll be babied throughout the summer and throughout the preseason and they'll probably try to keep him ready to go so he will be fresh for week one of the regular season. Next up is Darrell Revis. Revis Island looking like he's increasingly likely to sign with the Patriots, his old team. Of course, that's reported by CBS Sports' Jason Luck Conforna, but you know there really isn't any uh, anything in, down in stone yet because there has been no meeting between the Patriots and Revis. Although the Boston Globe advises that they wouldn't discount the possibility of Revis joining New England, we'd, I'd like to wait for a, a visit first before this happens, particularly in light of all the comments about Revis losing his staff in 2016 and having to switch to safety, which is unclear whether it's something he'd want to do at this point of his career. Next up, Adam Thielen re-signed and extended, so to speak, by the Vikings. Four-year deal, $19.246 million. He's set between up to 2020. He had a breakout year in 2016 of 967 receiving yards and five touchdowns. I think the Vikings are hoping to get more of that from him next year, and that's, and that's going to be good for him. Uh, even with uh, first rounder LaCron Treadwell there, hopefully they get up and running, and he will have at least locked in the number two job. Last, we have to mention Johnny Manziel. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Johnny Manziel met with Saints coach Sean Payton, and they had some discussions, and he's drawing some real interest, and he drew some real interest at the Combine, but hey, nothing's been uh, written down, and I can't imagine that Sean Payton really wants to sign Johnny Manziel as the potential future after Drew Brees. That's a pretty, pretty steep step down, so we'll see what happens with that, and of course, we have to update you on how our friend Rashad Jennings, former running back of the uh, New York Giants, is doing on his new show appearance, Dancing with the Stars. He made his uh, uh, first appearance just two days ago with Emma Slater, his dance partner, and he got a judge's score of 31 of 40, <laughs> wearing a nice golden bedazzled blazer and having a nice cha-cha routine. Apparently, he's been launched into front-runner status there. So, all the best to Rashad Jennings. Uh, maybe he'll find success on the dance floor if he's not going to find it on the gridiron. 
All right, everybody. Let's go ahead and uh, turn our time, turn our attention to something else, shall we? Let's turn our attention to the pro days of the quarterbacks that we think are the top prospects. That's Deshaun Watson, Mitchell Trubisky, and Deshaun Kaiser. First off, Deshaun Watson had a, had his pro day in uh, on March 16th. Now, keep in mind, for each of these guys, they did all the skills tests and measurables at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. So it's, uh, they didn't really do any of that during their pro day. What it, all their pro days really amounted to just scripted throwing sessions. So there's really not much to talk about. But let me just go ahead and run down that, the, 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 the uh, results and the uh, kind of uh, the uh, response so far to these individual performances. So Deshaun Watson... Had his pro day. He went through about a 50-play scripted workout. He missed about eight throws, but he did settle in near the end. You know, a lot of scouts were looking for him to add more air under his passes and increase his velocity, and apparently he was able to do a lot of that, as well as take a number of snaps under center. Uh, Todd McShay of ESPN actually noted that he thought that he may have taken maybe one snap under center during the season for Clemson, so it was important for them to see if he gets his footwork down under center. Uh, now, Watson, of course, is projected by many to go to the Cleveland Browns at the 12th overall pick. Browns were not there, but are hosting a private session to meet with him later. A lot is going to depend on what he does in person at his interview. Uh, certainly, he did not hurt his stock at his pro day, but it's very hard to improve your stock when all you're doing is throwing scripted throws. So moving on, Mitchell Trubisky had his pro day uh, on March 21st down in North Carolina. And, of course, all the Tar Heels are probably focused more on March Madness at this point. But, hey, Mitchell Trubisky is a big deal. But there's been a lot of question marks about the fact that he's only had 13 starts and whether he will be able to transition with such little experience to the NFL. But he went through his scripted workout as well. Uh, for the most part, everyone has said that his workout was, was well done. He had, a, had well-placed passes. Uh, you know, he missed a few. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that at this point, there really wasn't much to say about what he was able to do because, uh, frankly, this was entirely scripted. Although they said that his his interviews were good, he sounded good, he said all the right things. And, of course, Cleveland is looking at what he has done as well and considering him as a pick at number 12. He apparently only threw one bad ball out of the 68 he attempted, which is a good sign. Uh, but uh, and he did. And he also took a number of snaps under center as well. Of course, the team is doubting his ability to uh, to take his li- limited experience from 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 the from the college football and translate that to the NFL. Last up is Deshaun Kaiser, who had his pro day on March 23rd at Notre Dame. He uh, also had a relatively good pro day. Uh, he obviously hurt himself at the combine, uh, ending up in the bottom. Uh, bottom five or six, pretty much of all the skills challenges, all the skills, uh, uh, the uh, run-throughs that he did and everything that he did, and, and he looked a little bit off-target on the on the passing drills. So uh, getting out there and throwing a couple of scripted passes was good for him. He, uh, he threw about 68 passes. He missed about five. Almost all of those were in the middle of the field, kind of middle field crossing routes, middle field outs, and middle field comebacks, that kind of thing. But he was spot on for deep throws, and everyone knows he has significant arm strength. And, of course, the one thing that separates 
Kaiser from Watson and Trubisky is his size. He's a big guy, and uh, and everyone knows that that's something that's really important in the NFL. And he has a big arm, and he can go down field very, very, uh, very, very accurately. Now he like. Uh, Watson and Trubisky took a number of snaps under center, and again, it was uh, estimated that he may have had one snap under center during the regular season at Notre Dame last year. So this was good to see working his footwork out of center, and apparently that was impressive. Now, as uh, many will say, it's very difficult to improve or, um, or hurt your chances at the draft just from the scripted pro day, particularly when all the measurables and all the skills drills were done at the combine. But certainly uh, Deshaun Kaiser has done enough to get him back on the map, but probably not up to the level as Watson and Trubisky, but probably as a back-end first-round draft pick or an early second-round draft pick. All right, everybody. That's all the time we have today. And hopefully we got you caught up on all the news in the NFL so far in the offseason this past week, including how those pro days went. Join us again next week, and we got a lot more information for you as far as getting you up to speed of the offseason news as well as getting back to those history lessons of those old Super Bowl championship games. So keep it tuned in to Football Garbage Time. Check out our new articles at footballgarbagetime.com. Follow us at FB Garbage Time on Twitter for all the news. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week.